0: i do what i do i mean i really believe that uh, creative embodied expression and that can take many forms really supports our healing our transformation and not only mm, the the um, foundation upon which we live and get nourished by but that we can go out and serve from that place and when we can serve from that place we can really support the collective
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Being Inspired Radio Show. My name is Amanda Johnson, your host, and today I have the Pure pleasure of sitting here with a woman who I met a few months back in the magical land of Costa Rica. There are many magical moments that we shared together, but one of my favorite was when we were in the pool, and all of a sudden we realized that we are essentially the same person, and we are essentially doing the same thing in the world. And when I have connections like that, I, I, they mean so much to me. And of course, I don't mean that we are the same person uh, exactly like that, but boy, she is just this bright light. She has such a gorgeous energy. Uh, her smile, her, her radiance, it's just, it's out there. It's palpable. And I know that as you listen to her and as we get to know her a bit better today on this show, you will experience that same thing. So I'm very, very excited and honored to invite our guest on the show today, uh, Jamie Flares. Jamie is an author, writing coach, and editor devoted to serving others and the world through authentic creative expression. She is the author of Birth Your Story, why writing about your birth matters. Jamie holds a master's in teaching, writing, and a bachelor's in women's studies and English from San Diego State. She offers writing, coaching, content writing, manuscript editing, and more. Jamie's superpowers are her open heart, her capacity to connect and listen to others, and her ability to navigate and translate between the soul and human realms with ease. When she is not engaged in the world of writing, Jamie travels the world, expresses her own creativity through song, art, and dance, explores new ideas and growth edges, and spends as much time as possible in nature. She teaches an embodied movement practice called Goya, as well as workshops, ceremonies, and retreats all over the world. Jamie currently lives in the sacred Blue Ridge Mountains of Asheville, North Carolina,
0: Jamie, welcome to the show, my love. Hi, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really grateful to be here with you and everyone who's listening right now.
1: Yes, same, same. So I read your bio. And again, I, I there's such a resonance with me in terms of how you're showing up in the world, what you're doing. Um, and again, we have we definitely have different expressions and of that. And there's a, there's a similarity, there's a familiarity, there's a deep resonance. And of course I had the pleasure of um, working under uh, Jamie's instruction and facilitation while in Costa Rica. And wow, had just this, Transformational experience myself, so more to come. I hope in our in our worlds coming together like that. So as I do with these episodes, I leave them pretty wide open. Uh, though I do ask each of my guests a simple question, not always easy. Um, but we we start off by understanding, you know, what it is that what they stand for. I truly believe that every one of us in this world has a, a message, a mission. We are here for a purpose some of us get clearer on that sooner than others, but there's no right or wrong. It's just a matter of whether or not we're really tuning into that. And when we are in alignment with that, I believe our life just expands and expands and expands. So one of the things that Jamie wrote back to me, um, and we'll see how much this gets in, uh, incorporated into our conversation, is really that what she stands for in, in I love this, in three words, Your voice matters. In two words, you matter, and I think that's so is essential and so important to remember. Now, equally, I I always want to know why people do what they do and why they stand for what they stand for. So that's how we're going to start this conversation today. Jamie is by asking you this uh, simple, not always easy, question: of Why do you do what you do?
0: Yeah, thank you so much for that beautiful introduction and. Yeah. Why do I do what I do? I mean, I feel like, you know, part of that, you know, you said like your story matters, your voice matters, you matter. Like that is so fundamental to me and my message in the world. Um, If I had like a loudspeaker, that would probably be (laughs) much of what I'd blast out there into the world and what I do through my work. Um, But why I do what I do? I mean, I really believe that uh, creative embodied expression, and that can take many forms, really supports our healing, our transformation, and not only the the um, foundation upon which we live and get nourished by, but that we can go out and serve from that place, and when we can serve from that place, we can really support the collective. Um, I, you know, I had the experience as many of us do, you know, oftentimes we teach what we need to learn or what we've had to learn or just like a big theme in our lives. And so, you know, for me, when I look back over my life, I spent a lot of my earlier years in silence. I didn't own the power of my voice. I didn't share the truth about my life and my experiences. And I felt the impact on that, both in my psyche and my heart. In my soul, the impact on my body. And so I've lived that experience pretty fully, you know, that experience of not feeling like I had a voice, not feeling like I mattered, not like just actually feeling quite silenced. And so that has given me, you know, I've alchemized that through much, for, through much of my own inner journey into my, one of my greatest superpowers, which is really ha- handing other people the mic, encouraging them to tell their story, to believe in their voice, and to really use it as a tool for their own empowerment, their own embodiment, and their own gifts to the world.
1: Wow, <laughs> I am. That was fantastic, right, everybody? Holy moly! Every inch of me is covered in goosebumps right now. So, so much of what you just said there, Jamie. Like, no wonder I felt this connection with you. You know, this uh, the the idea going back to what you said around even around the creative expression and the embodiment of that, which can show up in many ways, and how that has a transformative impact on both the creator and the receiver of that creation, right? I think there's that's something I'm really tuning into is how, as we go through the process of creation, we transform.
0: And mm-hmm. it sounds like what
1: a beautiful journey you've been on. And you totally like cut to the chase of why I asked that question, which is because we've done this or we've spent our lifetimes learning this, alchemizing this, becoming more of this for ourselves. And that's why we stand for it in the world. And what a beautiful gift that you went from being silenced to then at some point, maybe we'll talk more about that journey. It's like, you know, then finding your voice and now you're turning it around and saying, here, I want you to speak. I want you to find your voice. I want you to take the mic. Um, Can you paint the picture of that journey, just in in a nutshell, for us, or is it as deeply as you want? Uh, What was that journey like, going from not having a voice to finding it, and now giving that voice to others?
0: Yeah. Well, let's see. I don't know if I'll be able to say it as succinctly as I perhaps would like, but you know, early on, I will say, and one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about writing as a vehicle for self-expression is that. In this in this phase of my life where I felt really silenced in the world, I found writing. And I used writing like a like an like a lifesaver, like a like a raft in the ocean, you know, where I just clung to it and I used it um, as medicine. And so I found my voice in that space, but it was small, but I but it was a beautiful, safe space for me to go where I could process my feelings, where I could actually Feel and experience the sound of my voice, where I could be with that. And I held it really close to my heart for a long time. And I didn't share my writing with anybody for years and years and years. And, you know, I had this journey of, you know, I, I kind of felt that silence. And then as I got into college, you know, I still... I started, you know, things started to shift for me, but I really went up into my head and into the world of ideas and I wasn't really embodied, but I was like, I can do what society wants us to do, which is like, be smart and go do things in the world and all of that. And so I had that experience and I still, you know, was, I was finding my voice, but it was still like in this dynamic of, of, um, having to perform and having to, um, having to do and achieve and, and get outside validation. And so, I mean, really my journey towards my own voice has been... You know, one of continuing to listen to her, first of all. You know, it, it really, like, all of this work really begins inside. It's like, how, what is my relationship to my voice? How often do I silence her inside of myself? And how often do I pay attention? And all of those pieces. And so for me, it was a really inner journey. And then I, you know, I had tools as well because we're not independent islands out in the world. We need the support of others. We need relationship. We, yeah, I really believe that we're interdependent. And so, you know by grace I, I got a lot of beautiful tools came into my life such as Koya, which you mentioned before which is an embodied movement practice um, and that for me is a practice of really opening the portal to my own soul to my own connection to that which is greater than myself and I began to experience a deepening of my own knowing my own like my own essence and what my voice sounds like in the world you know um, and I use I use sound as well so there were just a lot of practices a lot of resources and a lot of just an, a, like a blossoming and unfolding of, of my voice, you know, and then feeling like, wow, I feel like we're stronger when we do things together. And when we can, when we can um, experience something, we can give other people permission to do the same. So that was my heart desire was to share that same thing with the world and to give other people permission to, to speak their voices, to know their essence, to know all of their gifts. And so... That was part of the reason that I published my book, which is about telling your birth story. The experience of giving birth or witnessing your partner give birth was really giving, in this particular case, women a voice and men a voice to speak about this rite of passage that is birth and to tell their stories. And so that is really my platform of, like, there's such value in telling our stories. And when we do, we give other people permission to do the same. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Okay. So again, I'm just going to pick out a couple key, key things I heard you say, which really Mm -hmm. was how often it is the inner journey and and understanding what our voice is, who she is or who he is, what is he or she saying? And my favorite thing you just said was, how often are we the ones silencing it ourselves? So Mm -hmm. here we are going out in the world thinking, oh, you know, we aren't given a voice or we, you know, people are keeping us quiet. And the radical self-responsibility to look within and go, wait, where am I doing that myself? And how Mm -hmm. often have I done that? How often have I ignored her, put her aside, or really just been like, nope, not doing that, you know? And it's just, it's amazing. Um, And and of course, in the journey back to listening and hearing her her and and honoring her, what a beautiful journey you just shared. Um, And then of course, yes, when we do things together. We and then when we are willing to share our stories, you know, there's something I've been standing for quite um, for quite some time now around revealing and expressing more of who we truly are. That's a bit broad, but it's for a reason because, for me, the specificity is that first we must reveal it to ourselves, and then as we've done, as we do that, we express it to others. We express it to the world. As we express it, that creates a feedback loop, and it gives the other person an invitation to reveal themselves, to themselves, Mm -hmm. right? So it's just, it's this ongoing cycle, then they express it, right? So it's like everyone, we're in this beautiful, harmonious um, exchange of giving and Mm -hmm. receiving. So what, what is present for you in terms of how you are, um, how you are guiding people to find their voice or share their voice or tell their stories or what's like really present and alive for you in that space right now?
0: Yeah, you know, one of my areas of passion and and sort of like a reclamation project that I'm involved in and want to invite others along with me is this, like this journey to reclaim creativity. You know, I think creativity has been, you know, maybe it's part of the industrial revolution that, you know, we're kind of coming, we're definitely coming out of and moving through, but it's, we're sort of steeped in that mentality that creativity lives in the domain of performance and productivity you know, like that's sort of where it was co-opted. It's like, well, you know, the factories don't get, you know, the, the things don't get built when we're all be you know, really fully expressing our creative essence. So like, let's bring it into the domain of performance and producing. And, and we kind of take it out of the, we've taken it out of the domain of play and pleasure and curiosity and embodiment. You know, we, a lot of times we try to access our creativity through our minds again, like through, uh, you know, neck and above. Uh, but actually, and we know this, we create from, our centers from our wombs or from our heart like we create from this deep place within ourselves and that's the place of creativity but it's also the place of sexuality and so it's this like how do we bring how do we bring ourselves back to play and pleasure and like actually creating from that deep deep source within rather than this external model of like oh well if we're going to create it has to be consumable and if it has to be consumable it has to have this and you know we, we like take our creativity and we domesticate it you know and we make it like tame and like make it serve like this one thing, but when we can expand it and sort of free it and liberate it, we get so much more.
1: Wow. And I'm loving it. I'm going, yeah, we try to stuff it in that box and like make it bit. And I'm literally just thinking of a conversation that happened like 10 minutes before we started recording about, well, I've got this great idea. Someone shared with me, I've got this great idea. I want to create this thing, but I need to know like how literally I'm pretty sure he used the words consumable or digestible. And I thought, yeah interesting. So thank you for this, a beautiful invitation for all of us. And you're going back to where we think about where does creativity originate from? And I mean, let's look at the biology. And of course, I love that you're, you wrote the book on the birth, you know, birthing your story. Um, and of course, I've, I have often likened the writing process or the creative process to the creation process. Mm-hmm. And where, of course, it's all done right from, I me mean, even man or woman, that's mm-hmm. happening from our our root, our, sh- you know, our lower chakras, our are, are center, and of course our heart as we are connected yeah. with that, right? And then with that being and that entity that we create. Um, okay, tell me more. I don't even know if I have a follow-up question. I just want you to keep going.
0: <laughs> I have more, I have more. Okay, good, so just go. one of the things, so it's also part of this is another layer or another thread of this is taking creativity off the conveyor belt, right? And putting it back into nature and organicness where it belongs. And so one of the things that I think is a big Injustice maybe to creativity into our interaction with creativity is we believe that creativity is is again just about productivity And so one of the things that I use as sort of a foundation for a lot of my coaching work Is this idea that just like nature there are four seasons of creativity So it's not just so productivity is what we think of um energetically as like summer mode like everything's in full blossom and we're go go going we've got this like steady burning flame and we sort of move through we're really outward and we're doing the things and all of that and so a lot of creatives feel like every day should feel like summer Um, you know if we're if we're writing a book like we have to be producing a certain word count every day or we have to just be doing and creating like outwardly Um, but again creation has these four seasons so the other seasons right so moving from summer we have Fall. So fall is that place where we really reflect, we pause, we take stock, we see what worked, what didn't work. We sit with our creation, we feel that like gratitude and satisfaction and everything that comes from having, having done this outward mode of creation. Uh, And then we also, we move into winter and winter is really, really where it all begins. It's like this sacred void. It's where our ideas come from. Um, It's also the place where we might feel like nothing much is happening. Like, oh, I was going on this project and all of a sudden it got real quiet and I don't know what to do next. And a lot of us really panic in that place, but it's actually the place from which we create. And so trusting that fertile void or that fruitful darkness, like that, that exists. And that is really a part of the creative cycle. And then the last piece is spring, right? So spring is where we have all that fresh new energy where we're like, oh my gosh, I have a new idea and I wanted to bring it out in the world and I'm going to research and I'm going to talk to people and I'm going to collaborate. And like all of that richness is coming in that feels like spring. And so we really need to harness the power of creativity, the power of nature, and and really honor each of those phases of creativity, know where we are in the cycle and really honor that so we can ally with it rather than fighting it. Like, why am I not in summer? You know, it's like, no, you're, in this beautiful place of winter, and it's so potent here, you know. Oh,
1: it's such a gorgeous gift for all of us who creatives in all walks of life to remember that. Because I know myself, I'm sure you went through this writing a book. Absolutely, every one of those phases occurred, and and there yeah. is a moment sometimes of panic. I also just can't overlook. And I, I giggle to myself because of how each individual person, uh, you using yourself and m- me as an example here, that. Um, I break things into threes all the time. I'm always breaking things into threes. Uh, I also know a very common way is four. I've just mm-hmm. never been attracted to fours. So mm-hmm. I, break it, I love how I was drawn very naturally, intuitively to a trimester phase mm-hmm. of the process yes. <laughs> and <laughs> you move on to the seasons. And I'm thinking, this mm-hmm. is so cool. Neither, I mean, they're both right. They're both correct. They both share the information we want to share. I just love that. And I, those listening, why I'm even bringing this up is because when we go through life, I want us all to remember that, um, first of all, we're all saying the same thing. We're saying it differently. And the reason we say it differently is because it resonates with certain people in a certain way. So Jamie, you talk about it in fours and the seasons and the nature and someone's gonna be like, oh my God, that totally makes sense. And then I'm gonna be like, yeah, it's like when you have a baby and there's like three trimesters and and they're like, oh my God, that totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I really wanna honor that and I want everyone listening to go, oh yeah, I may say something a certain way and someone else may say it a different way. That's cool, right? So we also Mm -hmm. don't have to put ourselves into the box of somebody else's framework, structure, process go with what resonates with you. That was my tangent, but I couldn't ignore the threes and the fours going on right now.
0: I love that. They're really really the same. They're really the same, you know, because the trimesters are really spring, summer, fall, you know, it's, and then conception is winter, you know, so they really are, but it's a lot of times when we're coming to creativity, we've had that winter. We have the idea we're ready to hit spring. And so, but the trimester model is such a beautiful one too, because that's also how, um, nature creates through humans, right? Is through this, 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 these sacred three. So yes, both and (laughs) and. right. And yeah.
1: All right. What I love it. The taking creativity and taking it out of this productivity mindset to me is absolutely brilliant and I'm loving it. So what else do you have for us? Anything else?
0: Yeah. Well, I have another, uh, just another thing to just sort of explore with you all is, you know, one of the things that I've been I've been thinking a lot about is what creates an expert, you know, and I do help people write books as well. And I feel like books can express our expertise, but it can also create expertise in us. And so I think a lot about this idea of the expert and, and how we're really shifting that paradigm in our society now. So the old way of expertise, we think about like the doctor, you know, who was almost glorified as a, and there's nothing, I'm not bagging doctors. Doctors are incredible, but there was this old, expectation or framework we put around expertise like that where it was like or it's the guru you know it's the one that's like godlike they're infallible they know everything they never make a mistake you know that's the old idea that's the old kind of thing that's been handed down to us about expertise but what i believe is, a, is a, a better or um, a more functional model these days of expertise is the person who's deeply engaged in their area of expertise. So they're curious, they want to know, they're ba- they're grappling with it in the, their own lives. You know, it's the relationship coach that's like, woo, being taken for a ride in their own personal relationships. It's the creativity coach, you know, who's like, wow, I really hear that inner critic, like really chirping on my shoulder a lot. And I'm really working with her and wrestling with her, you know? Um, it's that we are, deeply engaged in our area of inquiry and so that shifts us out of like we have to be perfect we have to be infallible we have to know everything it's like no there's a lot of humility there it also takes the hierarchy out of that frame is that we're no longer like you're higher than me you know more than me it's more of a collaborative model of expertise where it's like wow i am so passionate about this i want to share that let's work together it's just a different model Absolutely. And it
1: does. It brings us right into that space of, I am the quote unquote expert. I am that um, deeply engaged into my inquiry person in this one area and you are in yours. So we are, we're, we're at this, yeah, it takes it from the vertical into the horizontal plane, right? Where now we're sharing and I'm giving you, I'm offering you, giving you what I know you're offering and giving me what you know, they feed into one another. And it is it. like, I immediately could feel my shoulders relax to go, oh yeah, that's right. Because how many of us, and I can say I have been there. I'm I'm not letting it stop me as much now, but for a long time and for many listening, I'm sure can relate to well, who am I to say this or to write this or to create this because I don't have the credential, I don't have the again expertise or 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 a lot of us often I feel like I've been there as well. It's like, well, I don't know if I can, if I can share, I'm still going through it. Right. But it's like, that to me is, I love how you put that, like, that is it. Like we are deep into our own inquiry, into our own experience. And from that space, that is how we, we become the expert. We become the one to then have this information and message to share with others.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So beautiful.
1: Oh, you're like pulling this out of me. So, um, this is incredible. So, so in terms of your own, as you're doing that, like, um, I'm curious to know because this, again, we're very similar in this way. How do you balance? And and if you then want to answer something else, I'm gonna give you freedom to do that. But the question that's coming up, I'm like, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> the question that's coming up is, like, as the creative that you are, and the the coach, the support, the guide that, you know, that you are to others. How do you balance that? How do you honor both your own creative expression and that of others?
0: Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Cause I do a lot of work in both realms and I think it is really, I know that when I'm more nourished and fed in my own creativity, that I can show up for other people in that way, too. And it's beautiful. I get this reflection of, like, I so often offer the advice that I need to take in, too. So I have that part of me that's always listening to my own coaching work, you know, I'm like, oh, that's right. Yeah, okay, I need to bring that in. But one of the foundational practices for me, and this kind of goes back to this idea of creativity, is that I really... I really um, ground myself in practices of creativity for creativity's sake. So, you know, I purposely like, I love to sing. I'm okay. I don't think I'm the best. I'll probably never have a professional singing career, but man, I love to sing. So I sing for the sake of singing. I sing without any desire for feedback, for validation. I sing because I love it. You know, I I paint you know, I started painting a lot this winter. I just painted. I've never painted before. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so fun. I get to see the world in a new way. I'm just going to paint. Like, I'll probably never sell a painting. I'm never going to like have a show. Maybe, maybe not, you know, but I love to engage in creative practices purely for the sake of just like enjoyment. Um, And I feel like that keeps me connected to creativity, keeps me having like a healthy, vital relationship with her. And then if I need to go do something that has an outcome, you know, or that's a little bit more masculine, which is beautiful too, and like needs to go out in the world I can do that but I have this like strong base of nourishment and so I feel like that helps keep me balanced is just continuing to engage in practices of creativity for my own sake and really engaging you know I do a lot of work with people because the shadow of creativity um, is this is the resistance is the critic is the one that keeps us from creating and I I do a lot of work in sort of that that sh- that shadow the light in the dark there and so I'm constantly you know Listening to mine, observing mine, like watching that and like, what does get me over the hurdle of resistance when I'm doing my own work? Because I engage with it all the time. I'm not free of my inner critic by any means, but I know how to work with her. I know how to dance with her. And so it's a constant... Experience of that, and then I can take that to my people. And again, this comes back to this idea of the expert. It's like if I never had to grapple with that stuff, and I'm like, writing is easy, I got this creativity thing, like I wouldn't be in much service, but I can meet people right where they are because I know that dance so well. So I can go right to where they're struggling, and I'm like, oh, I know that step, watch this, what if we did that, you know? And it opens it up. So we need to be like deeply engaged in our work in order to serve from that place, I think.
1: Yes. And because I think I, I've heard this and I had a conversation somewhat recently around that idea of, um, we think of the other person, there's an expert out there who can just list off the things, rattle it off. And I'm like, but if they've never, like the reason we can share our gifts so clearly is because we've actually dealt with them. Like the, the person who never has, um, they may have a few suggestions, a few ideas, but they, if they haven't had to grapple with it, right? Mm-hmm. Then it, to your point, it's not of much service. It's such a key, key point. And I love that you're bringing that up. Now, my question purely, uh, well, somewhat selfishly and for our audience is what does that dancing with your critic and your resistance look like? I think for so many of us as creatives, this is the thing, and I'm not expecting a full blown, you know, here's everything I do, but give us a teaser, give us a taste. What does that, what does that look like? Or how have you, yeah, what is that like now in your experience with your critic?
0: Yeah, well, I have a lot to say about this, but I'd love to just, um, we'll just really see what comes up right now. But one of the things I think with our critic is that a lot of us it's uncomfortable to feel it and it can feel like this separate like adversary so in my conception and my current understanding of our work with the inner critic is that we can't abolish her we cannot or him we cannot just like eradicate that that part of our voice and that we need to understand so it's more of a befriending i think and a and a, a relationship building like an appropriate relationship so instead of being like we're at war we're gonna i'm gonna put you as the other and i'm gonna battle you it's more about like what can i learn from my inner critic and that was a big shift for me. You know, I was, I have a master's in writing. I was a pro writer for 15 years. I was almost done with my book. And if somebody was like, who are you? I'm like, I'm definitely not a writer. You know, know, I just like could not claim it. And so finally I was like, all right. I was actually on this trip. I was in Iceland at an airport layover and I got this big newspaper and this red Sharpie. And I was like, okay, inner critic, I want to hear everything you have to say. And I let her just run amok. And I was like, "Oh wow, she's really mean. Oh my gosh, this is really cool. Okay, all right, you know, like okay, but here you are," and I just looked at it on this like big newspaper in red ink, and I was like, "Ah, oh, oh, you know, just like get the icky chills, you know." But then I got quiet, and I was like, "What are you here for?" She was like, "I'm here to protect you, you know, like I want to keep you safe." And I'm like, "Oh." She's like, "There's this vulnerable part that I protect, and I really care about that, and that means a lot to me, and like this is gonna all of these ideas, these voices, this." these, these means beliefs out on this page. Like they're here to protect you. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And you, you're old. Like you've been with me a long time, haven't you? You know? And I started to listen and I was like, okay, I hear you. Thank you so much for your protection. I also really want to create. And that's going to involve us taking some risks. So I care about what you have to say. I'm going to ally with you, but you don't get to run the show anymore. Um, And I, I left Iceland. I ended up in France. I did a lot of dancing and a lot of writing on this beautiful retreat that I was going to. And my inner critic was really quiet. And I was like, oh, she's been heard. Like she just needed to be heard. And like that shifted everything for me. So I always give her room at the table now, but I don't let her run the show. And I try to help people. Like that's a lot of my work is that we honor her. We listen to her. We develop a rapport or a a dialogue with her, but she doesn't get to run the show anymore.
1: Amen. I am blown away by the, the, again, familiarity of your story right now and this this brilliant reminder that like, much like a little child, a toddler, you have one, I don't, but I, you know, I get the gist that they, they get louder and louder and louder the more we ignore them, right? I mean, I've, mm-hmm. I've stood in the grocery store and seen it happen, or right? We know the kid who just wants the attention, wants the attention. And we we're perpetuating this, this vicious cycle when we say no, or we ignore her altogether, right? Mm-hmm. So you giving the voice and I, my, my story of something very similar happened while hiking. And I literally had that same experience of going, wow, you are being so. I actually called her Magda. Um, I had her, and I was like, "What are you are just going on and on about?" And then finally, I was like, "What are you here for? Mm-hmm. What are you here to show me?" And she said the exact same thing. And it was, she's like, "I'm just trying to keep you safe." And I was like, mm-hmm. "What?" So, uh, all of you listening, that is such a beautiful invitation and a great practice to s- get there. Get a, get a sheet of paper. Get a piece of newspaper. Get a wall. I don't know. You know, I, and, and start to let that voice out and see what it has to tell you. Uh, Amazing. Amazing. All right, Jamie, before we switch gears and and go into some other closing questions, what else feels present for you or alive for you to share with our audience uh, on all these amazing things that you're doing in the world?
0: Mm. Well, the thing that's coming in is just you know, to really be gentle with yourself. You know, I think that's uh, again in that realm of the inner critic, is like, you know, there's that comparison mind of like, oh, I haven't had that experience yet of like really witnessing my inner critic, or I still feel my creati- creativity sort of bound by productivity. Is just like let yourself be where you are, and again move from like that pressure cooker, that's like that that critic kind of realm to like play. So another way that I really work with inner critic is like how can we find play here? How can we find a place where it actually feels good for you to create, whether it's your book or your business or whatever it might be, is dance. Like find that place where it actually feels good, and and take care of yourself in that place. You know, um, so really just to again with that model of like we are all doing this together and you know that we we get to explore we get to play we get to make mistakes we get to learn we get to grow we get to like stumble and fall and pick ourselves back up again like that's just the way of it
1: mm. I don't know about all of you listening right now, but I want to like have Jamie in my life every day at this point. So please, please, please make sure to find her, connect with her. If you are a writer, if you are a creative of any type, reach out to her. Something that she said resonated. We're going to make sure to put her website in the links, but it's her name, jamieflares.com. Check the spelling of that though. It's in my, in my, uh, in my heading here of the podcast jamieflares.com. Uh, please connect with her. We are not done with her yet. We're going to ask a few closing questions, but I just really wanted to honor the fact that there is like so many, many more conversations to be had and so much more wisdom to be garnered from uh, an experience with you. So I want everyone to feel uh, invited to connect with you more deeply. And now as we shift into the inspiration segment of the, of the podcast, I like to ask each of my guests these three questions, of course three so the first
0: question is
1: who is a source of inspiration for you
0: and why Mm. Mm. well I have lots of sources of inspiration in my life I'm super super lucky and grit and just blessed in that way um honestly one of the one of the uh, who's coming in now. It's funny. Cause I have pictures of her in this room that I'm in is my daughter. Um, one of the things that I love, I love many things about her. She's super, super creative and imaginative and all of these things, but one of the things that I love about her is that she knows, I don't know how she came in. I don't know whether, like how much of it is just who she is or what she's been offered so far in this world, but she is so good at communicating her feelings and her needs and what she likes and what she doesn't like. And she owns it like unabashedly. And I love that about her because it constantly gives me a model of like, oh, that's right. That's what it looks like before we we kind of muck with it in our society when we're growing up, you know? And so it really reminds me to like really stand firm and like who I am and how I, am, how I show up in the world. And she does so with so much joy. So there's so much joy. So again, going back to that idea of like creativity as play and wonder and curiosity, like I get this beautiful model in my life every day of what that looks like embodied. So it's really beautiful.
1: It is. And I have had the pleasure of meeting your daughter and I would agree tenfold. I mean, she mm-hmm. is so inspirational and joyful and totally owns her, her, herself and her needs and her wants. And I, I agree. That's such a beautiful, (laughs) Uh, and, and you're right. Isn't it beautiful how our children can be our teachers and and vice Mm -hmm. versa? Exactly. Mm. What place or activity most inspires you right now?
0: Hmm. Well, I live in the, I live in these gorgeous mountains and my summer, spring is my favorite season. And I just absolutely love to be outside. You know, I actually, this isn't literal, but I feel like I start to twitch a little bit when I'm not out in nature enough. And so she's a place where I can go and really just be, cause I do spend a lot of my time in, um, you know, ironically enough in this creation mode of like, okay, we're going to do things we're going to, you know, I'm an ambitious and passionate person. And so I do have a lot of like projects and things. And so I love going into nature because she just reminds me that it's enough just to be, and that I can just be with her and just like really receive. And I really, really just like I—it's I, fundamental to like my beingness to to have that connection with her. So
1: that's so good, so good. And as as often as nature comes up, I haven't heard it expressed like that. So mm-hmm. well, well said, beautiful. <laughs> and what is. As a, I imagine you've read a book or two in your life.
0: Um, <laughs> and I, I love. books. I'm I, know, <laughs> I know.
1: Anyway, um, what is one book that has inspired you on your journey?
0: Oh my gosh, there's so many. This is like the, the favorite question is always a hard one for me because I'm so enthusiastic and multi-passionate. I'm just like, oh, okay. Like I literally uh, changed
1: it from favorite to one only because I'm like, is that going to make it easier for people? Like, yes,
0: yes. Well, gosh, I think I might just have to go with something recent just because there's so many books that have transformed my life. I I really love books. They're like, they're kind of like breakfast, you know, (laughs) like it's a fundamental, like foundation for the day. Like just have to read. And I love, love, love reading. One of the books that I really enjoyed recently is Soulcraft and it's not a a new book, but it's a, a book by Bill Plotkin. And it really, I love that it, he has a real call to a return to the soul and a return to nature and in our natural essence. And there's beautiful, beautiful practices in there around again, connecting to nature, connecting to our own soul, you know, looking at some of the most challenging life experiences is a really a call to our own essence in a deeper way. And I just love how he frames it. And I love, I love work on the soul. The soul just like is such a beautiful territory for me of exploration. And so that's just one of many books I've read recently that is just like has a special place on my nightstand right now.
1: I love that so much. And I know that yeah. question is a challenging one. And if I don't keep it down to one, we would just spend another 45 minutes talking about the books you've read, I imagine. Oh so. yeah,
0: <laughs> for sure. At least.
1: At least. Um, but if you're like me, I don't know if you are, but I have finally, I had to put something on my website to be like, here are some favorite reads. Cause like, I just, you know, they're, they are, books are transformational. So yeah uh, for sure. Jamie, this has been I mean, beyond, and I knew it would be, and mm-hmm. it was even more so. And I'm so grateful and excited about our continued collaboration and, and exploration relationship and, and how we are, again, so similar and yet expressing those things in different ways for the world. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do not believe in competition, I can only see us as, as uh, benefiting one another and benefiting others right, through our gifts, through our services. And I'm so grateful to have met you and to now have you in my life uh, in this way. So thank you for taking the time to share yourself and your wisdom and your insights and your creativity with our audience today.
0: Thank you so much, Amanda. Likewise, I'm so grateful to have you in my life. And I'm really grateful to everyone here. You know, our lives are busy and full. And so when you take a moment to drop into something like this, it's just a beautiful um, way to connect. So I thank everyone who's listening right now for just taking the time to to tap in. And hopefully something here has deeply moved you.
1: Yes, ma'am. Again, find Jamie, jamieflares.com. J-A-I-M-E-F-L-E-R-E-S. Link in uh, the show notes, along with the books she's recommended um, and has written, so you can find out more about her. And if you liked this episode, if something really did spark, I guarantee one or two or 10 things struck you in our conversation, please forward it to a friend, share it. Um, You can always leave a rating or a review so that more and more people can be notified or know of these conversations. And then of course, if you haven't, be sure to subscribe to the show so that you can be notified when other amazing people like Jamie come on and share their insight, wisdom, and inspiration. Thank you from the bottom of my heart as well, everything Jamie said and more. And until next time, many blessings.